first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Ethan Burston from Kids First, and today we're talking about Superman and Lois, the complete first season with Aiden, and Samantha with Ron's Gone Wrong. And first, we'll be interviewing Aiden on Superman and Lois, the, compute, the complete first season. Hey, Aiden, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. So let's get started. What is Superman and Lois, the complete first season about? Superman and Lois, the complete first season, is it's basically focusing on Clark Kent's like family life and how he's struggling between his superhero life, including like his family life, and him and Lois struggle with the stress, pressures, and complexities of being working parents in today's society. And while all of this is happening, an ominous stranger comes to town that um, you know wants to kill Superman. Well, you were talking about Superman, so I'm assuming, is this um is this like an add-on to other movies? Like, do you have to see other movies to watch this one, or is this like something like different from the rest? Good uh, question. Superman and Lois is connected to the Arrowverse, so I would say watch Supergirl first because that's when this version of Superman was first introduced. So. I recommend seeing Supergirl first and then Superman and Lois. So, yeah. And do you think they did better on this than they have on other seasons? Like, what made this one stand out? Uh, Good question. What made this one stand out was that it focuses, like, this is the first Superman show to ever focus on his family life. Like it it still has the action that we'd expect from a Superman property, but it focuses more on his family life. And on that note, do you have a favorite part in this? Do I have a favorite part? Not, not anything specific. I have like, I have a bunch of favorite parts. Like there's like some funny scenes. But yeah, there's, it's not uh, anything specific. Do you think you liked anything like in the show, like the graphics? How was how was the well like? Was it well put? Did they need to work on something? When well, when you compare it CGI wise, the CGI I think is much more improved compared to other Arrowverse um, shows, and the graphics are actually really good. I, I don't think there's anything they need to change about them. The CGI, the graphics, it actually looks really good. And do you think they did, like, how was the making of each episode for the show? Like, what, did they leave you on a cliffhanger? Did they, like, overshadow or, you know, foreshadow something? With no spoilers, please, but just, like, <laughs> did they overshadow something? Uh, uh no, no spoilers, but on some episodes they would leave you uh, on a cliffhanger. If I remember correctly, it was not all of them, but on some episodes they did, yes. Okay. And is there a moral in each episode or overall message? I think really the message is just that even though, like, Superman has, like, all these powers, 
they can't really help him with everything because he has to struggle with like family life just like we do and do you think you relate to any characters like you were saying how he struggles in life like we do so do you think you relate to him or maybe another character in the show well in terms of human characters yes because the show does make him more human but not really no okay that's fine um so i have two last questions um what is your star uh star recommendation or sorry what is your star rating age recommendation and where can you watch this my star rating would be a four out of five and i recommend this for ages 11 to 18 and superman loves to complete first season is actually coming on dvd october 19th 2021 okay well thank you for taking the time to speak with me thank you for having me you're listening to kids first coming attractions Today, we're talking about Aiden on Superman and Lois, the complete first season, and Samantha on Ron's Gone Wrong. And right now, we're switching to Samantha on Ron's Gone Wrong. Hey, Samantha, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How about you? I'm good. So what is Ron's Gone Wrong about? Well, Ron's Gone Wrong is about a young middle school boy named Barney who's outcasted by his friends because... He doesn't have the new hot piece of tech called a B-Bot, a digital best friend out of the box. So this, it sounds like something that we don't have right now, or maybe like a high tech. So I'm, I'm assuming, is this like in the future? Yes. Well, it is. And it makes a ton of statements commenting on tech today. Like one of their characters' name is Mark and is very vividly based off of Mark Zuckerberg. And do you think that they did a good job representing them in the future? Like, how were the outfits? And was there, like, hover bikes or something? I thought they did a really good job of that. And I thought that it was kind of like modern day, but, you know, more advanced. And okay. they didn't make it too futuristic. And do you think there was, like, a part that maybe you liked more than others? Or how was it, well, like, how was it put? Just what's your favorite part, basically? My favorite part was when we first met Barney, our main character's grandma, who's really great and who I'd learned in one of my interviews that is based off of one of the creator's grandmas. She's Russian and she has a chicken and a goat that go alongside her. And in this first scene, we meet her in the kitchen and she's and I thought she was originally trying to eat the chicken. (laughs) So is this, what kind of genre is this movie? Because there's sci-fi, I heard, um, eating chickens. (laughs) But what's the overall genre on this? The overall genre of this movie, I'd say, is around science fiction, um, maybe futuristic, honestly, slice of life. I feel like aside from the B-bots, this movie is very relatable. And did you feel like there was any parts where it was like down, sad, maybe like um, extreme, excited? There were a few sad parts in it, but it was mainly a really cool action-filled movie with some really cool scenes that are high-tech and really nice to watch. And was there any morals? Yeah, a common moral in the story is that no matter how kids present themselves, especially in middle school, they're all facing similar emotions and going through similar challenges. Yeah, it's... It's definitely a uh, relatable film because most time now everyone's judging on what you wear. 
So do you think you relate to any characters or the message? I feel like I relate to Barney in a way because Barney is just, he wants to present himself as something he's not. And he's like, I don't know, sucking up to his friends and like, uh, and getting the B-bot, even though he doesn't really want one, he just wants to fit in. Yeah. I thought he was a cool character. I guess I can relate to him too. Because <laughs> I'm not the one who, I'm like, I'm not, I don't completely want everything that everyone else has. I kind of like having my own stuff. <laughs> so what is your star rating and age recommendation? And where can I watch this? I give Ron's Gone Wrong five out of five stars. I really love this film. And I would recommend this film for ages six to 18 plus adults. I feel like a lot of ages can benefit from watching this film. You can watch Ron's Gone Wrong starting October 21st, 2021, exclusively in theaters. Well, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you for speaking with me. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Hurston, from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart kids. Consumers. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Kirsten from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First. We've been reviewing Aiden on Superman and Lois, the complete first season and Samantha reviewing Ron's Gone Wrong. And now we'll be, re- we'll be switching to Aiden's interview on Superman and Lois, the complete first season. Hi, I'm Aiden Grant, paying reporting for Kids First. And today I have the honor of speaking with Alex Garfin and Jordan Elzaz about Superman and Lois season one. Alex Garfin's credits included New Amsterdam and he voiced Linus in the Peanuts movie. Jordan's Ellis Elsa's credits include the miniseries Little Fires Everywhere, Panic, and Tell Me Your Secrets. They both star in the upcoming show Superman and Lois, the complete first season, coming October 19, 2021. Thank you, Aiden. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, this first question is for Alex. This is the first live-action Superman show to include Superman and Lois' kids. How does it feel to be among the first to play these sons of one of the most popular DC superheroes? It's an absolute honor to contribute to this 90 years long canon. 
and hopefully to contribute in a very singular way. I'd agree. All right. This next question is for Jordan. Jordan, were you a Superman fan prior to being cast in the show? What was that? What was the chin? Uh, yeah, actually, no, I, I was. I was. I was a big fan. Um, just DC in general. I mean, I was a uh, Batman's always been my favorite for sure. But uh, as far as Superman, I was a big fan of Smallville growing up. I watched all 10 seasons a few times. So uh, definitely uh, this wasn't necessarily something that was new to me. And it is kind of a coincidence that uh, I booked this after being a fan of Smallville because I really didn't. I mean, that's the only superhero show I've ever watched. I've seen Obviously, all the Marvel movies, Dark Knight trilogy, uh, all the original Supermans from from the seventies, and uh, even the, the newer ones like Superman Returns. But it was just uh, it's it's interesting to, that, that that specifically is the one superhero show I've watched, and then this is sort of like a, a sequel to Smallville in a way. You got me there. I only saw one of the Marvel movies. <laughs> what? Yeah, so I saw Captain America. That's it. You haven't seen any of the Avengers? No. Wow. No. Well, I am a massive DC fan myself. DC's great. It is. Right. This next question is for Alex. What is one thing you learned from Superman about being on Superman and Lois? Um, I think I learned that Superman, on this show especially, we're trying to balance the components of the titular characters. So, you know, we learned a lot about Lois, but we also learned a lot about Superman. But Superman uh, has that super aspect about him. But most and foremost, he's a man. And uh, we're learning a lot about the lessons of how to be a good man and what how to be uh, a good family person and to be involved in a family. So I think mainly what we're learning about Superman is that uh, his vulnerabilities are a lot like ours and they're emotional and uh they don't necessarily have to do with the super partner's name. And not just that, but if, if you don't mind me piggybacking, I mean, it's just, it's, it's interesting because like Superman's bread and butter and what he's been doing for so long is saving the world. And so he's a sort of almost easy, for, easy fry for him. Whereas raising two teenage boys is the hardest part, probably one of the more stressful parts of his life, which is interesting because obviously to any average father, it would seem another way around. If they suddenly got powers, they'd be like, what do I do with this? I don't know. I've never lived with this. I don't know what to do. You know, this is a lot of responsibility, but for Superman, that's just kind of, he's been living like that for a long time, for many, many years. He's had that his whole life. Uh, whereas boys, that's raising, raising kids. That's new. Uh, being a family man, being a good father. That's, that's all new. All right. You're listening to kids first coming attractions today. We've been talking about Superman and Lois, the complete first season with Aiden and Ron gone wrong with Samantha. And right now we're continuing Aiden's interview on Superman and Lois, the complete first season. And his next question is for Jordan. We know that actors put aspects of them into their own characters. So Jordan, what aspects did you put in order to play your character? Um, I would say I wanted to make sure that I brought a certain confidence to the character that, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, on Little Fires Everywhere, the, the characters were kind of similar on paper, um, both, uh, you know, both jocks, both both playing sports. But the difference was that Trip had a sort of uh, sort of um, naivety about him. Uh, naivety, 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 naivete, naivete. Uh, he was he was naive and, and he was a bit immature. And I think Jonathan is quite mature. Um, and I think most of that comes from the fact that he has such great parents that are both very strong people, strong leaders. 
uh, and he's inherited a lot of those traits, perseverance, discipline, um, doing the right thing and integrity, doing the right thing when no one's looking. Uh, it's very respectable. Um, and he, you know, he definitely is, is well on his way to becoming a leader with or without powers, you know? Um, so that's something that I wanted to make sure I brought to the table, uh, is that sort of that, that confidence in the choices he makes and, um, few regrets, I think would be a good way to sum it up. Um, just, just knowing that, uh, he's doing the right thing most of the time. No regrets and no mercy. <laughs> well, what about you, Alex? What did you incorporate into playing Jordan? Um, I think I incorporated. Um, yeah, what did you incorporate into playing me? Uh, shut up. Uh, I, I I think mainly what I incorporated for myself in this character was um, trying to suss out a a way to. You know, I honestly I feel like we're very dissimilar. Uh, the the character and I. Uh, I, I wanted to relate to him on a human level, uh, but beyond that human level, I really wanted to create a new person. It's what I take a joy in, in acting, is to create a new person. So I almost, it was almost a, uh, a goal of mine to make him very dissimilar from me, and the actual part itself on paper was very dissimilar to me. So um, I, I think we shared a human element. I think we shared similar values as well. But besides that, in mannerisms, in action, in way of speaking even, uh, I think we're just very different people. Gotcha. Uh, Alex, we both know that filming took place in Britain, Columbia, and you're from New York. So what was the experience filming far from home? You know, it, being so far from home for so long has effects that you can't necessarily predict. Um, being away from family from so long, uh, you know, you know we're, we're, we're both kiddos. Uh, I was I was filming this when I was 17. Uh, I'm 18 now. Um, so being away from a lot of my family for that long, it was tough. But um, honestly, I love this work so much that it was never not worth it. Uh, the honor of it uh, allowed me to be fine with being so far from home. Although I do have to say the pizza is better in New York. No one will deny let's that the pizza it, is better in New York. Let's keep it real. The pizza is better everywhere. Pizza is, yeah, honestly, but you know, the pizza is better in New York. Hamburgers are better in New York. All right, and that's that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna drop the hat. Drop the hat. And that is Alex Carfin. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shameless New York plug, everyone. All right, Jordan. When comparing Superman and Lois with other versions of Superman, what makes this show stand out? Um, I mean, first and foremost, the, the family dynamic of it and the fact that it's, um, it's, it's less focused on the action, in my opinion, than even, even than Smallville. Uh, Smallville was pretty focused on the family aspect of things, but it was also a different dynamic with, it was young Clark growing up instead of Clark and Lois raising two sons. Um, so big difference there. And uh, sort of coming into this show, I mean, you, you see even more of that sort of... Uh, dramatic aspect on, on that side of things and maybe a little less action than you might be used to. And uh, sorry, no, 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 you're uh, good. Uh, a, little more, a little less action than you might be used to and, uh, and sort of, um, typical Superman, uh, renditions of it. I mean, any other, any, any Superman movie I can think of, obviously, I mean, it's, it's main focus is going to be Clark, 
Uh, but really, its main focus is going to be Superman almost every time, exclusively focusing on Superman and what he's getting up to. And this show um, plays a nice balance between all of them while still keeping Superman sort of at the pinnacle of the show. And uh, if I may piggyback, if I am not mistaken, this is the longest iteration of live action Superman. Uh, it, it, it interacts with time the most. The comic books go back really far, but there are often a lot of iterations. And because you're doing so many comic books, eventually you run out of things to do and you end up repeating. And, you know, there's a lot of retcons and all of that, which comes with comic books. But this this really being the first Superman story. And, you know, we had a Clark Kent story with Smallville, but really Superman story uh, to be portrayed over a long period of time. The movies were maybe two hours each and uh, it would be like one series for maybe two or three movies. You know what I mean? That's six hours. It's only six episodes of our show. Uh, and that's part of the reasons that I got into TV is the fact that I got to, we get to tell stories for so long and that if someone starts the show when they're eight years old, it goes for eight years until they're 16. Uh, someone really lives their whole childhood with these characters. They, the audience grows with you. The audience watches you as an actor grow, but the audience also watches the characters grow. And uh, I think that by the end of it, if you don't feel like you've really are missing your friends rather than missing the show, then we didn't do something right. So I'm really looking forward to Superman being that for people, being a friend of people for years and years to come. Agreed. Uh, Jordan, looking back at Superman and Lois season one, is there any particular moment or episode that was memorable? Um, yeah, there are, there's, there are definitely some moments that are memorable. Uh, I think for me personally, um, a few that stand out is at the very end in 115, I was talking about it uh, earlier, but when he is Zeta Rowe, uh, Zeta Rowe's consciousness and he holds me in the air, uh, it was super fun to shoot. So we actually got to be hoisted into the air, almost like, like 50 feet, 50 feet into the air. And, uh, that was a good time. That was cool. Uh, I'd never been, I guess I'd never done stunt work, um, along those lines. Like I'd done some stunt work before, but nothing that, that intense or that serious. So that was pretty cool. We finally got our time. Cause like we'd seen Eric, uh, who plays Kyle Cushing get, you know, yanked on a wire and we'd seen, uh, uh Tyler get to go up in the air with a truck, uh, but we hadn't get to do any, we hadn't done anything until the very end. Um, so that was, that was definitely pretty cool. Thank you, Alex Garfin and Jordan Elzas, for talking with me about Superman and Lois in complete first season. This releases on October 19th, 2021. I'm Aiden Grant Payne reporting for Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, 
properties and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Superman and Lois, the complete first season with Aiden, and Ron's Gone Wrong with Samantha. And next up, We'll be listening to Samantha's interview with cast and crew on Ron's Gone Wrong. Hi, I'm Samantha B. reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Julie Lockhart, producer of the new animated film Ron's Gone Wrong, which releases in theaters October 21st, 2021. Julie Lockhart is best known for producing Sean the Sheep movie and the producer of Ron's Gone Wrong, which we are discussing today. Well, why did you feel it was important to make Ron's Gone Wrong? It's important to explore the relationship with um, technology that children have today. It's very different to what it was in, in, you know, as myself as a parent, it was very different from when I was a child. And it's important that you examine how that affects relationships and friendships and, and how different it is. And basically to, to throw the ideas and explore some of the ideas so that you, you, you provide a platform for a family to talk about it, really. It's a family movie and it's something, you know, you want them to be able to have a conversation about it in the car home after having seen the movie. I love that. And I think that's very reflective in the film. Good. <laughs> what were the challenges in getting this film made in a COVID world? <laughs> um, what was amazing is that is that we had some we got great technical setup. Uh, our digital partners, Deneg, um, there were three hundred people I think working on the film, producing the animation. But we we actually spent a few months, um, quite a few months, already working with them in the same building, so we knew all the teams and everything. So when it came to literally moving everyone, you know, they uh, into their own homes at least we knew who we were working with. So you could still feel that, that um, camaraderie. Um, if we were just starting out, it would be very difficult. Um, so te- technically that was incredible because it meant that people could go home, could work globally where, from wherever they were um, and still finish the film. Um, I think the most difficult thing for us was the editors and the directors and spending time in the edit room because so much happens in the edit room. And if they're not together, coming up with ideas and, and just seeing people as you, you know, as you go to the coffee bar or something like that is that creativity and that spark is very difficult to do when you have to constantly zoom someone in or you constantly sort of try and edit a film on a on a laptop you know it's hard to do so but they did it they did an amazing job they did an amazing job yeah you guys really did a great job with this film thank you how did you find the writers and the directors for this film 
Well, Sarah Smith and myself, we started Locksmith. Um, and Sarah wrote and directed Arthur Christmas. Um, and she had this idea. So we, that's how, so actually it was very easy to find <laughs> because uh, Sarah was here and part of locksmith right from the word go she has a very good writing relationship with peter bainan and the two of them you know um it just felt like the, the the natural thing to do is to um for them to write this and jp vine the director um the other director who worked alongside sarah um he and i worked together very early on in in the early 2000s on um at ardman and i knew him from a long time ago he was then at pixar but so we we pulled him back in and brought him to london it was good to work with him again yeah. Um, what were you worried about in making a movie that's critical of big tech? I don't think we were worried about it. There's so much in the media at the moment anyway about it. I just think it's it's highlighting, you know, I mean, we the villain, um, Andrew, is such an overblown villain. That, you know, I really hope there's no one in a big tech company that's like him. Um, but, you know, it's not, it's great to go to those extremes and you've got, you know, the very kind inventor versus the, the evil villain um, who are both running the company. And it's just it's it's I suppose it's just highlight. I don't think there was any worries with um, offending any tech tech company at all, other than maybe giving them some ideas for what to make in the future. <laughs> I thought it was really cool how you made this about modern day struggles and well, not really struggles, but modern day um happens what's happening now yeah well thank you so much for talking to me julie ron's gone wrong uh releases exclusively in theaters on october 21st so make sure you go and see it thank you thank you for talking with me julie lockhart ron's gone wrong premieres exclusively in theaters october 21st 2021 you're listening to kids first coming attractions Today, we've been talking about Superman and Lois, the complete first season with Aiden, and Ron's Gone Wrong with Samantha. And right now, we're, continu we're continuing Samantha's interview on Ron's Gone Wrong with cast and crew. Hi, I'm Samantha B, reporting for Kids First. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with actors Zach Galifianakis and Jack Dylan Grazer in the new animated film, Ron's Gone Wrong, which releases in theaters October 21st, 2021. Zach Galifianakis is best known for his role in The Hangover and the Emmy Award-winning Between Two Firms. Jack Dylan Grazer is best known for his role in Stephen King's It 2017 and the new animated film Luca. Zach and Jack both voiced the main characters in Ron's Gone Wrong, which we will be discussing today. Welcome to the show! Before we start, would you prefer it if I called you Mr. Galifianakis and Mr. Grazer or just Zach and Jack? That's such a nice, that is such a nice thing to ask, but yeah. please, you can call me Dr. Galifianakis. <laughs> Zach is fine, of course. You can call me Inspector Jack Dylan Grazer. <laughs> okay. No, it's okay. Give him a Jack. Okay. So, Zach, what drew you to work on this movie? Uh, well, you know, you kind of you, you kind of investigate uh, the people involved with it, you know, who wrote it. You look at the script, of course, is the first thing. Um, for me, I kind of did like the message it was sending because I didn't see a lot of narratives kind of talking about the, uh, 
this this blizzard of social media and what we're going to do about it. And I think that that's a, a, an interesting subject matter. So I think that it was those elements that that got me to 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 be involved. That's cool. And you did a really good job in it. I'm glad you worked on it. Thank you very much. Thank you. What about you, Jack? Um, what did I love about it? What drew you to work on it? Um, well, firstly, yeah, the script was was really special and, and it's a really original and unique story. I've never seen anything like it. Um, E.T. was kind of like it, but but everything else is it's very different um, from anything else I've ever read. And uh, like like Zach, like Dr. Galifianakis has said before, um, it's I, I love that that it touches on on the dangers of, of social media and the Internet and 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 the reliability aspect of it all. Cray cray. I also love that it touches on modern day stuff and modern day dangers. Yeah, that's right. Zach, how did you connect with the character of Ron and how did you find his voice? Um, well, I, I found his voice with the help of, of the uh, producers, writers, uh, and the director because, uh, you know, I, I, you ask questions, is it, too mu is it too much emotion? So you find it that way. Um, and it's, it's it, playing a robot is, uh, it's something that I, I didn't give a ton of thought to, uh, I, what I gave really the thought to was more of, uh, what the emotional relationship was going to be between these two and then how to voice it, uh, from their emotional relationship. Cool. Jack, one of the themes in this film is that no matter how kids present themselves, they're all going through similar struggles, especially in middle school. How do you connect with this uh, with this theme? Well, yeah, middle school was really rough for me. Um, so I really related, actually, I was just coming out of middle school. I think I might've still been in middle school when I, when I signed on to this project. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were in the same class together. I bullied, I bullied him so hard, mm -hmm. and because um, <laughs> of my beard. Yeah, because <laughs> of your beard and your height, and you're always eating food out of the trash can. <laughs> and um, so I made fun of him a lot, which I don't right. feel sorry about. But um, I definitely relate to Barney in the fact that, like, I've always felt like I was in the fishbowl and misunderstood or something like that, and, and I never really could perfectly fit in. And I, the thing about it was is that I was always trying to figure out if I really wanted to or not. Because I did, I mean, obviously, if I, there was, uh, say, there was a girl that I had a crush on, and, and I knew that she liked the guy who was, like, the soccer player, so I, maybe I'd show up to school with a soccer ball someday or something. <laughs> but I wouldn't know how to kick it. And Anyway, so that was just my constant perpetual struggle. <laughs> yeah, I really like this theme, and I think that it hits close to home with a lot of kids who will be watching this. Yeah. Agreed. Thank you for talking to me. Thank you, Samantha. Those were good questions. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for talking with me, Jack Dylan Grazer and Zach Galifianakis. Ron's Gone Ron releases in theaters October 21st, 2021. I'm Samantha Belford reporting for Kids First. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ethan Person from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ethan Purston from the Sunshine State of Florida, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Superman and Lois that complete first season with Aiden, and Ron's Gone Wrong with Samantha, and right now, we'll be switching to Samantha's interview with cast and crew from Ron's Gone Wrong. Hi, I'm Samantha Belford, reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with J.P. Vine and Octavia Rodriguez, directors of the new animated film Ron's Gone Wrong, which releases exclusively in theaters October 21st, 2021. J.P. Vine is the best known for his direction in Shaun the Sheep, and Octavia Rodriguez is best known for his direction in several Pixar movies, including Coco, Incredibles 2, and Monsters University. They collaborated in Ron's Gone Ron, which we are discussing today. Welcome to the show. Okay. Um, Thank you, JP and Octavio, for joining me on the show. Good to be here. Okay, so JP, what drew you to working on Ron's Gone Wrong? Well, it was the story that was pitched to me by Sarah Smith, who is one of our writers and also uh, one of the directors of the movie. Uh, It just felt like uh, a beautiful adventure, kind of like those stories that we grew up with, like E.T. and uh, Iron Giant. But it also had this uh, thematic element, which is to do with how our lives and our friendships are feeling in this world of social media. Uh, and as a parent, I was really drawn to tell that story. That's cool. It was a really cool story. It was kind of like, I don't know, a fairy tale, but like modern day. <laughs> yeah, we it. tried to make it feel very contemporary. That was important to us. It had to feel like a world that seemed plausible and relatable to children living in this year. Definitely was. It was so cool. <laughs> okay. Octavio, where were, what were your sources of inspiration and feel for the main characters, especially the Beebots and Barney's grandmother? Well, the designs for the bots um, was a idea of like Apple and this idea of the industrial like slick bot, um, but also having uh, the sense of like the Game Boy with the 8-bit for the design of it. Um, for Ron. For Ron, yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, for... Um, the bots in general had this kind of an Apple 
interface like a GUI interface that we would use to make it just user friendly, but it could be also individual. For instance, like you see like the marbles and the Star Wars and also science bots, but all of that had to be um, something that would cater to the children and what their desires and likes were. Uh, for Danka, it was actually um, inspiration by uh, our one of the writers, um, uh, Pete, who was from his grandma, mm. Welsh grandma. Um, so that was one of those things as well, <laughs> references and for other characters. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we try to have a very distinctive design. So Donka, for example, we wanted her to feel so strong and powerful, but really full of love. Like she wants to hug everything. So we wanted her to be lovely and, and squashy. <laughs> uh, and Olivia Coleman was amazing as well in portraying her voice. Yeah, she was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, mine too. Okay. JP, how did the story and themes of Ron's Gone Wrong influence the art and animation style? Well, that's a really great question. Um, we, uh, what was important to us was to tell a story about technology and social media, but to make it as entertaining as possible. We don't want to preach at our, at our audience or tell them that they should get off their phones. <laughs> so we wanted to make the technological side of the movie extremely beautiful and interesting. Uh, so we got uh, one of the world's best production designers to come on and uh, design it. His name's Nathan Crowley, who had designed amazing things like Inception. Um, so he designed the beautiful environments that you see, the bubble store and the bubble headquarters, and helped us design the Bebot as well. Uh, but the other side of it, we wanted to tell, uh, put this story in a world that felt very rich and very detailed in a beautiful way, the way animation can, can do. Uh, and be kind of messy. And the thing that's interesting in a story is lots of details that make it feel very real, like everything has a has a history and every character has interesting details. Cool. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> I really love this. And Octavio, what part of this animation, since it was so unique, sets it apart from other animations? Um, well, I would say for us trying to ground this in a contemporary um, story about things about with our, you know, our kids and dealing with social media, which is actually very relevant as it is right now. And having that conversation, hopefully with, you know, your family members about how you deal with it, how you maneuver through all those things from kids to parents and um, finding that way of just what is a true friendship. I feel like that's one of the things that brings um, that's very specific and main to our movie is talking about what defines actual friends and how they actually interact with each other. Mm. Cool. Well, thank you for talking to me, JP and Octavio. Ron's Gone Wrong releases exclusively on theaters October 21st, 2021. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for talking with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks, Samantha. Cut there, please, PMA. Thank you for talking with me, JP Vine and Octavio Rodriguez. Ron's Gone Wrong releases exclusively in theaters October 21st, 2021. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking about Superman and Lois, the complete first season with Aiden, and Ron's Gone Wrong with Samantha. And right now, we're continuing Samantha's interview with cast and crew from Ron's Gone Wrong. 
Hi, I'm Samantha B reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Sarah Smith, director, and Peter Bonham, screenwriter of the new animated film Ron's Gone Wrong, which releases in theaters October 21st, 2021. Sarah Smith is best known for the film Arthur Christmas, and Peter Bonham is best known for writing the Borat movies, both collaborated on Ron's Gone Wrong, which we are discussing today. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Pete and Sarah. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Sarah, Ron's Gone Wrong is one of the is the first of many Locksmith productions and films you are creating for the 20th Century Fox. What inspired the style of animation for Ron's Gone Wrong, and does it set a tone for future films? Well, for me, you know, the style of a film and the look of it and the style of animation, everything should support the story. And this is a story about a very real kid who's like all of our kids living in our real world, who becomes, you know, who is faced with the latest device that comes into the world. And so it's important that it's real, that it's real and truthful. At the same time, the animation is quite heightened so that you get a sense of comedy. You have to actually exaggerate a little bit for the comedy, but it also is able to go, I hope, to subtle emotional places to tell the truth of, you know, a complicated story. That's cool. Yeah, I really like the animation and I thought it was really cool to watch. Thank you. Pete, this film has a pretty strong point of view about the pros and cons of technology today. What's your point of view on that? Oh, I'm quite confused, I think. <laughs> you know, I love it all. I love devices. There's things that exist now that I couldn't have imagined when I was a kid. Um, but also just a, a worry as a parent as a, and as a human about just being having to be careful with some of it. And, you know, we're not trying to lecture anyone, certainly not kids who will, you know, uh, smell it a mile off if there's like some, put your device away, young person, because <laughs> that's not going to work. Nobody's going to buy that. Uh, it's more about like, let's try and have a healthy uh, relationship and have good friendships. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, like, I definitely didn't feel like you were lecturing us at all. And I thought it was a cool interactive way to talk about that subject. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Sarah, what was important to you in casting the voice actors for this film? Did you have any ideas of who you wanted to play um, play the characters going into casting? No, I mean, Pete and I generally, when we're writing the characters, we sort of play them all and do the voices ourselves. Mm. And so you try and keep them very much your imaginary characters until the casting stage. Mm. And then for us, it, you know, we collected a fantastic group of people who have great comedy abilities themselves. And then they lift up your script and they bring so much more through the voice, which inspires in turn the animation. So like Ed Hounds improvised a lot. Zach brought, and as did Zach, brought a lot of funny, you know, kind mm. of, comedy tone to the character. Olivia Coleman at one point was prepared to jump up and down and do whooping dancing as if she was dancing on a table. So <laughs> everything that they brought is really helpful for inspiring the quality of animation. <clears throat> yeah, and I thought the casting was really cool and I thought the actors and talent really embodied the characters. So good job on that. Thank you. Thank you. Peter, the role of Mark was clearly inspired by Mark Zuckerberg. How did you decide to write the char this character into this film? Well, funnily enough, we, we decided to kind of take Mark Zuckerberg and split him in two. And so Mark is the kind of idealistic uh, Mark Zuckerberg who want, who's probably started out wanting to connect the world and, you know, just, just put everyone together and it'll all be wonderful. It'll, and then we thought Andrew was the other side of Mark Zuckerberg that we kind of read about where you go, is he just trying to collect our data so he can sell us sneakers, you know? And so it's, it's both sides of Mark Zuckerberg, really. Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like it, 
it shows that now, now that I'm thinking about that, but mm. it's cool. And I liked how that gave you a little touch of modern day into this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for talking with me, Sarah and Peter, about Ron's Gone Wrong in theaters, um, in theaters October 20th. Thank you. Uh, nice thank to you. meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Samantha. Uh, thank you for talking with me, Sarah Smith and Peter Bonham. Ron's Gone Wrong releases exclusively in theaters October 21st, 2021. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First film critics team, go to www kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press4Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Circadary Solutions, and I'm your host, Ethan Purston, from the Sunshine State of Florida, reporting for Kids First, signing off. Goodbye. <music> Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.